Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we welcome a guest to the podcast, Mr. Dexter B. Jenkins. He is an author. He wrote a book called The Three Ships of Wealth Building. He's a podcast host. That podcast is called Wealthy Conversations. He's known for his personal approach to financial coaching, which he has labeled easy to implement wealth building strategies, God's way. He's now the CEO of his own financial consulting firm, DBJ Enterprises. Welcome to the Personal Financial Strategy Podcast, Dexter. Thank you, Tony. Very excited to be here with you and your tribe. Uh, uh, I, I listened to a couple of your podcasts, so I know you and I are brothers with a different mother, so we're going to have a good time today. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I, I think we both do kind of approach everything in life, uh, not to exclude finances from a faith basis. Yes. So um, that makes me especially excited to have a conversation with you. I, I guess I'd like to open up by asking you, how long have you been in Boston? I've been in Boston. I came to Boston as a 19-year-old freshman to play basketball. And so I am 53 now. So okay. that. <laughs> yeah. So do you qualify as a as a native of Boston at this point? You know what? That's an interesting question. I said that the other day for the first time that I'm a Bostonian. I was like, well, usually it's, it's reserved for people who are born here. Yeah. But I've spent more of my life here than I've spent in Connecticut. And so I guess okay. I, I may have crossed over to be a Bostonian now. Okay. So what's the drive? If you were to go back home to Connecticut, how long would that take you? It, it's about two and a half hours. Okay. So it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah it's close. I, yeah. I get home uh, because my, my dad is, I think, 70, 77, 78. So I try to get home at least once a quarter. Sure. So, you know, I, I just jump on I-95. I'm, I'm, I'm down there in a two and a half hours. So uh, it's it's a nice ride. Okay, so they don't make you say words, Boston words like uh, wicked smot or anything like that? <laughs> no, no, uh, I haven't gotten that yet, that there yet. So I'm, I'm good so far. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, Dexter, let's let's jump into it here. Uh, uh, you know, you bring to our listeners years of experience in personal finance and interacting with individuals in the area of personal finance. What what is the one idea that you find most people miss when it comes to personal financial planning? Right. I think the, the, the idea that people miss is the, the last word, planning, to plan. I think most of the time uh, we're living life off the hip. And I think because there's just so much financial information that people will come overwhelmed. So very much like you do, my goal is to really help people to plan very simplistically so that they can implement it. Um, we're, we're in an information age now, so it's not the information that people are getting that they have a lack of. It's how can I get the information in a very simplistic fashion and then implement it so I can change behavior because everything in finance is behavior-based. And so right. we can begin to really begin to change people's habits and behaviors and ways of thinking about money, they'll have a chance to do pretty well. Right, right. Yeah, the planning piece. I, you know, if I... If I had, if I'm just really transparent, uh, I would say I spent my youth without a plan. Yes, <laughs> but somewhere along the line, 
<laughs> someone got to me and yes. uh, started to, uh, started pointing out to me that I'm going to, there's a point in time down the line where you're yes. going to really wish you had a plan. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's something about it, it, it. It's, I call it the foolishness of youth. Oh and, yeah. yeah. You know, where you just, you know, you really don't think along the lines. I have a, I have um, a 23 year old and a 20 year old. And for some reason you think you're going to be 20 years old forever. Or you're going to be 23 mm -hmm. forever. And you look up, you go from 20 to 30, 30 to 50. And you're like, wow, what happened? And so really getting people to see the importance of planning as soon as possible is what our job is to do. Yep. Yep. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting that we're on this topic because my latest client is 28 years old, right. single young man. And I have to say that I, I have just a, a great amount. I, I have found myself as we're kind of bringing him into the program. Uh, I found myself really enjoying the process because right. he's so young. We have exactly. so much time to make so much impact now. Exactly. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it re-energizes me. Exactly. And, and, and I think 28 is a great age because it's really when you, you're really beginning to come out of the fact of, okay, I'm sort of, you know, it, it just depends on what their lifestyle is, but, you know, partying and doing different things and you're beginning to say, Hey, you know, it's time to get serious about life because I'm 20, I'm going to go from 28 to 48 very fast. And if I don't put some things in place, I'm going to be in trouble, you know? And so right. it, I think your late twenties, to your early 30s is really key time for people to really wake up and start planning, not only in their finances, but a lot of areas of life. I, I know for me, I got married at 28 or 29. I think it was 28 when I got married. And it was like, okay, it's time to grow up. It's time to think about, you know, starting a family and those type of things. And so I believe that late 20s to early 30s age is a really good time to get to people in a yeah, lot of I areas, agree. including their finances, you know? I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's... uh. It is exciting, but you know, for planning purposes, it's never too late to plan. Never, never. <laughs> well, well, if you think about it, if you, you know, the old adage, if you don't fail in the plan, is planning to fail. Sure. And that, you know, and, and and you look at it, it doesn't stop when you become just say whatever people say the old age is. I, I sort of have a different mentality around age. I think as long as you're alive, you're young. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as you're breathing and kicking, that's right. You're young, you know. But, but but I think even as I'm looking at as as I've looked at people transitioning into retirement, you need a plan for that. Not only sure. for your finances, but how you're going to live your life. Because I think a lot of times people don't realize, you know, you're you're you're, you're going to be home more in retirement. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you gotta deal with certain things around healthcare, and more importantly you know, having a purpose for your life, because I think most what we've been sold as retirement, sitting around and doing nothing. I mean, that's if you do that. You have one foot in the grave. And so really getting people to really think about yeah. I call it. I, I think, Tony, I call it going from retirement to refirement, meaning you have to get fired up about something else in life, because if you don't, you know, studies shows that if you don't have something that you're actively doing, you die very quickly because you weren't engaged in life. And so I think having a plan early on for retirement to get there, but then also having a plan to transition into retirement. And what does that look like for, look like for you is, is extremely important as well. Yeah, we could do, we could do a whole podcast on that yes. topic. I think yes. I love that topic. I mean, that was, it was one of, you know, uh, your, 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 your uh, people who listen to your tribe will find out that I'm also a pastor. 
And so a lot of times I talk a lot about retirement and what what does that look like? Because I, I was I was doing a Bible study last night. And we were just talking about, you know, you know, really changing your mindset around age uh-huh. and what, what really is old. Yes, Dexter, I know what you're talking about. In fact, I ha- I even have evidence of that in my own family. Um, you know, my grandfather, he all he talked about was retirement and oh, yeah. and all he talked to his plan was fishing. That's what he was going to do. He retired and I don't think he went fishing one time. Right. And then he lasted about four years. Wow. And then he and then he was gone. Uh, Tony, how how many years did he work? Oh, gosh. Sixty. That's a mind boggle. So you work 60 years looking forward to four years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I think if he had actually had a plan, like right. his plan was fishing and he didn't do it. But I think if he went fishing, he'd still be here. Exactly. Very much so. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. And, and what I found telling me, I don't know if you, you experienced this. It's very interesting how women attack retirement versus men re- attacking retirement. Hmm. I think because men, so much of our identity is wrapped up in work. When we finally get a chance not to have to do it, I mean, your, your grandfather probably had every intention to go fishing, but then once he found me, he said, you know what? I don't have to get out the bed today and go do anything. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think that's that was pretty close to what he yeah, was thinking. Yeah. And he sort of got used to, you know what? I don't have to move if I don't want to, you know, but that's right. you know, this, that's right. I mean, but, I mean but, but the principle we all know is this, you know, uh, anything that stays at rest stays at rest. You know, anything in motion stays in motion. And so That's trying right. to get people to stay in motion in what people will call their latter years and keeping their minds sharp is a, is a very important part of, you know, what we do for our businesses. Really talking about, have you thought about what your life is going to look like when you reach that whatever goal that you hit? You know, as I listened to one of your mm-hmm. podcasts uh, yesterday, we were talking about, you know, your, 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 your investment strategy and looking at, you know, it's not necessarily an age, but it's really what I think, I, I think the term you call was a choice. Choice age. Yes. Choice age. Okay. When we hit that choice age, what does our life look like mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in a lot of different areas, including financial, you know? And so I, I think when people don't have a purpose in retirement, it's very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Couldn't agree more. I don't plan on retiring myself. Never. Me, me neither. I'm like, I, I, I want to I wanna be doing something, being active until I get out of here. You know, so That's whatever right. age That's that right. is, <laughs> you know, then, mm-hmm. you know, I want I want to go out here used up. And I, and, and I, there I, you I, go, because I, I believe one of the things that our society has taught us or trained us to think is that when people are older, they're not useful. And I'm like, that's not true because there's a lot of wisdom that a person has that, you know, if they've raised children and had a career and done different things, there are a lot of things that they can do to pour back into the next generation that will allow us to, you know, not have done a lot of the mistakes that many of us <laughs> sometimes run into because sure. we, didn't, we didn't have that experience. And so I think having people see that they still can be very valuable and very productive in what people will call old age is extremely important. Me too. I do too. I wish our culture would morph a little bit in that direction. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, well, and, and, and I think the more that we can talk about it and put it out there and get people to see that, you know, you, you still have a lot of, you, you still have a lot of tread left on the tire. 
<laughs> right. That's right. I like that. I like that. You know, it's not 70 or 80 is not, it's not, it's not it for you. You know, think about who uh, recently Betty White just passed away like a couple weeks ago. Right. She's 99 years old, still working, you know, so she worked until, I mean, she pretty much worked until she died, you know, and yeah. so, so she, she and people like that are, are, are Cicely Tyson died, I think this year as well. Maybe yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was 90 something, you know, so these women were working up until their, their 90s. And right. So it's and now think about their job. They have to remember scripts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's not, so, so I mean, so they're, taking in a lot of information and their mind is still being sharp and it's still around people. And so I, I think yeah. they're just giving us clues as to how we can retire well. And yeah. how we can retire as opposed to just going off to the back porch and dying, waiting to die. Yeah, yeah, no, none of that. Well, hey, you sent me a really interesting email about a week ago. Right. And in it, you coined a phrase called the ignorance tax. <laughs> And and I just wanted I want I thought it was a very interesting concept. And I want to give you the opportunity to explain what you mean. But when you say there's an ignorance tax, yeah, there's an ignorance tax. Well, you know, I, I think most people don't think about what their biggest expense is. And for most people, uh, they think is their housing, which is a, a, a big excuse. Well, it's a rent or your mortgage, whatever it may be. But taxes is really your biggest expense. That's a whole other uh, probably podcast show. Yeah. No but ignorance is the biggest tax because the ignorance tax, I define it as how much you and I pay because of what we don't know. Ah, got it. Gotcha. So, and all of us have been ignorant, ignorant in different areas of our life. Now that doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means there's some things you don't know. And so, uh, and, 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 and particularly in this area of finances, how much ignorance costs us when it comes to maybe purchasing a house, or maybe when it comes to, like we were talking about the young man, think about how ignorant we were that if we just put small amounts of money aside, how mm. we could compound and grow. Well, why didn't we do that? Well, for the most part, because there was ignorance there. Not, not stupidity, but you just we just didn't know. Right. So it's, it's a high cost that we pay when we remain in ignorance. And so part of what your job is to do, and part of what my job is to do is to Give people the information that they need so they so that they can avoid the ignorance tax. Right. Right. And, you know, I believe I really believe if we're successful in doing that, most people will make really good decisions. Exactly. It's it's, for at least in my experience, it's been um, a lack of information. Exactly. Or, or, you know, you can call that ignorance because ignorance isn't really it sounds so harsh, but all it it means is you're not aware of something. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and uh, so if you can bring some awareness into the picture, um, I I, at least my experience has been most people will use that and will make great decisions. Yeah, yeah, they're they're receptive. I mean, because I I talk about going from. um being ignorant to being financially literate. And then now that you're financially literate, now you can be financially intelligent because intelligence means I'm able to make choices. And so that's that. And so that's what we're, that's what we're endeavoring to do is right. to expose them to the information that they need in a very simplistic, simplistic, simplistic fashion so they can implement it. Right. And now when, when this, when, when my, the decisions of life come up, 
regarding my finances, because I have some intelligence, I mean, some, some literacy, I can make an intelligent decision. And if I do that over a long enough period of time, I end up becoming, you know, whatever people want to use, rich, wealthy, whatever it may be. I, mean, I, I talk about the term of reaching your highest financial potential. Right. Because I think a lot of people struggle with the term of rich and they have these, these, these sort of wackadoo ways of thinking about that. Yeah. But my thing is, if, if, if I can have my finances working to their highest potential, I believe the outcome of that will, will you become, you become rich and you become wealthy. So wealth and riches is not necessarily my target. Me being the best I could be in my finances is my target. And the outcome of that is I'll end up, you know, doing well financially. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's good to know. It just, I mean, that, that is the responsibility. It's, it's not a number that you're driving towards. Exactly. It's, no, it, no, it's, no. it's uh, filling your mind with the right ideas and the right attitudes. And um, cause there's so much more to wealth than yes. being, than a number. Exactly. Well, I, I will tell you, Anthony, how I'm telling you how I even came up with my podcast name, uh, Wealthy Conversations, was based off my grandmother. I think I put it, in, I think it's in my book, The Three Ships of Wealth Building. And um, which we're going to talk about next. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so one of the things I said was my grandmother said to me years ago, she said, Dexter, she, she's no longer with us. She lived to be in her nine. She said, Dexter, I'm a wealthy woman. And I'm looking at her like, I don't see a, 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 I'm in my 20s at this point. I don't see a Mercedes Benz outside. I don't see a big house. You know, so that was my, my uh, back then, that was my thought of what wealth was. Right. And she said to me, I'm a wealthy one because I can live anywhere I want to live and go anywhere I want to go. Because my, my grandmother had 10 children. And oh, so if you, have, if you have 10 children, <laughs> multiply that out with grandchildren and great grandchildren. And so, and all of us are spread throughout the United States. Wow. And, and, and she will go to different people's houses. So she summered in Connecticut, wintered in South Carolina. Fantastic. So, yes. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So she was, she, she was a snowbird before I knew what a snowbird was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, in, she invented the snowbird. Yeah. And so, and so she really shifted my paradigm around. I said, you know what, grandma, you are wealthy because you can, because anyway, it, she stayed at our houses for free. She didn't pay for meals, anything she wanted to do, she was able to do. And so to your point of it's, it's not, wealth is not a dollar amount. It's more a lifestyle. It's more a mindset that people have. Um, you know, she was wealthy in what I call relationships. And if you're if you're wealthy in relationships, money won't be a problem for you. That's right. That's right. Well, let's let's touch on the three ships right now. Your book, um, the three ships of wealth building. Uh, could you just give us a kind of a capsule on each of the I three sure ships? Can. I sure can. And and the three ships of wealth building was birthed out of uh, studying wealth over the last man thir- three to four decades. Okay. So you know, reading a lot of books. And then also, you know, being an avid reader, reader of uh, the book of Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, for those of you readers who don't know, that's in the Bible. And um, uh, Solomon, King Solomon was the wealthiest man who ever lived. And so uh, I heard this at a sales seminar years ago. And a guy said to me, he said, yeah, the best book on sales is the book of Proverbs. Now, at this time, I wasn't a pastor. I barely was going to church at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy was making a lot of money. And I said, well, hey, if he's making a lot of money reading the book of Proverbs, I probably should too. And so, uh, so, so the three shifts were birthed out of 
partly of things that I've read, other books that I read, and then and then a lot of it mainly was was out of the book of Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastics. And so the ship, the the three ships of wealth building is what it the, the ship stands for: stewardship, ownership, and entrepreneurship. So it's it's the last part of each word. So stewardship, ownership, and entrepreneurship. I call it the ship method or the three ships of wealth building. So stewardship, like you said, just to give a a, a, a brief sort of capsule on each. Uh, I found that people who do well financially, they 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 understand stewardship. They know how to steward their money well. And so what is, when you're stewarding your money, what you're basically doing is you are telling your money what to do. Your first question to me early on was, what's the number one problem that most people have? They don't plan. Right. right. <laughs> and so what stewardship does, is it really lets you know, hey, I'm telling my money what to do because we all have had this experience, particularly early on, when we had to cash our checks back in the day. Now, we don't do that anymore. We have direct deposit. But there was a time when we had to physically go cash our checks. And mm-hmm. you looked up and you're like, well, I got paid on whatever day it was, just say Friday. And on Tuesday, you didn't. You had no clue where your money went because you didn't give it marching orders. Well, stewardship is all about you telling your money what to do. And so I, I talk to people about being what I call a 10-10-80 person. So you tithing 10% of that, uh, Invest, investing at least 10% and then, you know, living off the other 80%. So if you do that, that that's the, that's the, that's the stewardship piece. Now mm-hmm. you go down to uh, ownership. Now ownership is really about really getting people to know the difference between what's an asset versus what's a liability. Now, uh, one of, one of the guys who, who, who has had a profound impact in the way I look at wealth is a guy by the name of Robert Kiyosaki, which many people probably have read, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and all that stuff. And uh, his books are a little edgy, but, uh, you know, so you have, to, you have to pick out what works for you. But yeah. one of the things that, that I really like about that, one of the books he talked about, what's an asset versus a liability? And he defines assets are things that put money in your pocket versus liability and things that take money out. And so in ownership, what I found is that people who do well in the ownership component they're fanatical about buying assets, you know, so they, 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 you know, I, I define an asset as, you know, maybe real estate, you know, cause I'm, I'm a big real estate guy, you know, so I, I, outside of what we do with our church and outside of what we do with DBA, DBJ Enterprise, my wife and I buy real estate, we flip properties and uh, buy, buy and hold, we do all that type of stuff. So, you know, so what you want to do in the ownership component is you really want to get fanatical about buying things that really will put money in your pocket, you know? So if you're not in the real estate, maybe it's stocks, you know? So maybe you buy dividend producing stocks or maybe you get involved in bonds. Uh, there's also intellectual property. So if you, you know, maybe you have music or books or whatever else, but you know, anything that you can that you can think of under stewardship, excuse me, under ownership that will put money in your pocket over a long enough period of time uh, is, is what you want to do underneath that one. And then the last one, entrepreneurship is, is what I call for the brave folks. <laughs> you know, because what I find is that there are some people who become who do well, they start their own business. Now, yeah. I don't believe everyone is called to do that. Um, I, I do believe the first two are for everybody. You know, stewarding your money well is important. And then you make sure that you purchase assets that produce income. I do those two are for everybody. Now, the entrepreneurship is really talking about how do you look in society find people's problems and solve them uh, at, 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 a, at a profit. Now, what happened now on the entrepreneurship, what you're looking at is you are taking advantage of what, you know, uh, 
this word called leverage, meaning that you're, you are being compensated not only off of your effort, but off the efforts of other people. So it has to be a win-win situation because you don't want to take advantage of people. But you know, if I'm an employer, what I have to do is I have to look out here and see what problems are in society. And then I have to build a team around me so we can go to go solve this problem together. Now, the great thing about entrepreneurship is that um, <clears throat> this thing called leverage is what I'm creating. And so, because one of the things that you'll find, you know this, and I'll, your listeners probably know this too, but they, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reiterating what they already know. If if you are trading hours for dollars, your income is very limited. Yes. You know, so there's only what 24 hours in a day, and even if you could work 24 hours a day, who would want to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so yeah. even, even if you made a thousand dollars an hour, you know, your income is still limited because it's just you. So yep. you go and I, I I remember hearing a quote quote years ago by a guy by the name of J. Paul Getty. J. Paul Getty was famous for oil and gas. Oh, but God, sure. he probably would have been in the 50s or whatever. But his quote was this. I'd rather get paid one percent off the efforts of 100 men versus 100 percent of my own efforts. Yo, there you go. Yeah. So what he was teaching us is that if I have, a, if I build a team and all of us pull our weight, I'm getting compensated not off of not just you know. And, and people who listen, they understand if if they have a department at work, well, if they work eight hours and their coworker works eight hours and they're they just say they have four or five coworkers, well, their their employer is benefiting from forty hours of of labor in one day, and then you add that out over over an extended period of time. And so, you know, when so when I'm talking to people about wealth, I was looking for a very simplistic fashion or a very simplistic way to explain wealth building. And so that's what came to me was the three ships of wealth building. Yeah, I love the three ships. And, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, learning some lessons later in life than earlier. Yeah. And I think that I, I learned that, uh, you know, I was a corporate guy for a lot of years gotcha. and, and, but finally, uh, I finally kind of learned that, uh, idiom of, of trading time for money, right. Kind of caps you if that's what you're exactly. doing, if you're a corporate guy. Now, I don't mean this to be bad news to all the people out there that are working uh, in solid jobs, providing exactly. solid services for corporations, but he, he, here's a little a little, uh, a little tip. If you, if you are feeling like you're trading your time or your life for money, there's always, you can always start a side hustle on the exactly. side. And, and, and if you, if you take care and make sure that whatever it is you start on the side, you love it. Exactly. Like, like it, it really, it really does something for your soul. Um, you might over time be surprised exactly. and you saw you're solving a real problem that exists exactly. in the world exactly. um, over time that might overcome your corporate job. Exactly. And, uh, and, and it can be a stepping off point for anybody out there. And I mean, anybody that's and, available. And, 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 and Tony, I think that's where our society is nowadays. Yeah. You know, coming, off, coming off the pandemic, people are really beginning yeah. to get a sense of what's in, what do I want my life to look like? What's exactly. important to me? And so they're using entrepreneurship as a, whether it's a full-time thing or a side thing, like we just mentioned, as a way to produce freedom for themselves. 
And so yeah. uh, it's 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 I think I think now is a great time for people to really take a, a inventory of what they want their life to look like. Um, and then also begin to look at what avenues that I can explore to help me to get there. Yeah, I was listening to some guy. Have you heard the term the great resignation? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. allegedly that's, that's taking place right now. Mm-hmm. And right. I think that's what we we're talking about is what's behind that. Exactly. And I, I was listening to some guys going, they were, they were kind of uh, calling a foul on it saying there is no such thing. You know, you still have to provide for your family and you need right. to work in order to live. And they weren't seeing past, you know, there's a lot of options out there. You can, yes. you can do both. You can exactly. actually do both. And, and uh, I think, I think there's another podcast I listened to called side hustle school. Okay. And, and write it's, that down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Side Chris, I like that. Yeah. Chris Gillibo is the okay. host and that's all he does. He does a podcast a day. I mean, this guy is prolific, Ooh. but yeah, he's cranking them out. Yeah. Yeah. Every day he, he comes out with an idea for a gotcha. side hustle and, and he interviews someone who's actually doing it. So it's not just gotcha. something okay. he thought of, you know, it's, right. it's, it's something that's going. And um, right. I've just find it, very interesting. He's been doing it for two years now. Okay. So and he's and he's still going. So still I cranking him out. Yeah, I I see that as the engine behind the great resignation. And exactly. I don't think the great resignation is a bad thing. I, no. I think it's a good thing. I if we could move into more smaller to medium-sized businesses in right. this country, uh, I, I think that there's only upside to that. Exactly. And, and I I think what people found out during the pandemic was this. That they can that they can take control of their lives. Uh, yes. They also found out I can live with a lot less. Yes. You know, and so when I begin to look at okay, I can take control of my life. I can also live on a lot less. I can be creative because really what we're talking about is really tapping into what God has given us creativity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when I tap into my creativity, to whether I can live off less or find out how to make more in a different way. Hey, I can leave it. And I think the corporations who don't recognize that things have changed and that employees are more empowered than they were before, they're going to have trouble going going forward. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, Dexter. Well, let's uh, wrap up if we can. And I'd love for people to know how they can get in touch with you and and maybe even get a copy of the Three Ships book. Yeah, well, they can they can they can follow me at, uh, at Dexter B. First of all, go to DexterBJenkins.com and they can get a copy of uh, the Three Ships of Wealth Building. Uh, if if they sign up for my um, email, I, I put out a weekly email every Thursday at three o'clock. I send out an informational and inspirational email. If they sign up for that, I'll actually get them. They can um, put in an email address and we will actually send them a copy of that. Um, they can also find me at Dexter B. Jenkins across everything. So. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, all that. Um, I'm Dexter B. Jenkins. And so they can they can uh, follow me and find me there. Great. Well, it's been great chatting with you, Dexter. I yeah, really appreciate great. you taking the time. And um, I would encourage you guys. I've I've downloaded the three ships and read read it through and I found it very, very useful. Just just in in um, helping me think um, in a more cohesive way about the future and money and finances. Exactly. 
that that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. You have a great weekend coming up. You as well. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Okay. Bye-bye. See ya.